You. You did it. You. You. You did it. Congrats. Way to go. Congrats, 2020 graduates. You guys have worked so hard. We can't <laughs> wait for what the future holds. And where you'll end up. We love you so much. <laughs> Congratulations, grads. You are Class of 2020, way to go. Wasn't always easy, wasn't always fun, but you guys did it. Proud of you guys. Action. Graduating seniors, huge congrats. You guys are amazing and we're so proud of you. Congratulations, good luck next year. We're really, really proud of everything you've accomplished this past year. Woo -woo. You did it. Congratulations, class of 2020. Congratulations, class of 2020. Well done. Well done. You have shown grit. Well you have done. shown determination. Well you have done. shown steadfastness. Yes. Yes. Well Get done. Congrats. Well done. What's up, 2020 graduates? It's your boy Justice here to wish you guys a congratulations on your accomplishments, both high school and college. Congratulations. Hey, congrats. We're proud of you. Graduates, you guys are amazing. Can I just say a huge congratulations in finishing school. We love you and we cannot wait to see the ways that you guys are going to go out and change this world. Congratulations. Congratulations, 2020 graduates. We're so proud of you guys, and we just love you so much, and we can't wait to see what you guys will do next. Congratulations, class of 2020. We are so proud of you. Good luck in the future. You are the graduates, my friends. And you are so awesome all the time. Well, what's up, Ascent? My name's Maurice. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, but it's not about me today. It is about our 2020 graduates. You just saw clips of videos putting together of people congratulating them. And not only do I want them to do that, we all need to be a part of that. So I came up with a plan. We love and support all of our graduates, but we all need to be in on this. So what if we got a target number of 500 comments and everybody was able to send inspiring words. Way to go, congratulations. And you got up off that couch, you got to the computer and you sent comments to our graduates. That's the plan, that's the goal. So I'm gonna give you 60 seconds. 500 comments is our goal and that's what we gotta get to, all right? 60 seconds, I need you in on this. This is all of a sense, everybody. If you're watching this, you gotta be a part of this. Our 2020 graduates need your support. So here we go, three, Two, one, go.
Well, that's what I'm talking about, Ascent. That's the way we show up and support our 2020 graduates. And today's topic, actually, I wanna get into something that's an overall theme and a topic that relates to not only our graduates, but to every single person here. And that's this idea of plans. You know, you've been there before. We make plans, we schedule plans, our calendar, we orient our lives around what's taking place next. What is the plans that we have? If you live long enough, you recognize plans don't always go as planned. And what do our plans and God have in common? What do they have to do with each other? Well, I wanna ask you a different question. I wanna set up our day like this. Have you ever been in the back of a car, maybe an Uber or a Lyft on your way somewhere? And you look up from your phone and slowly but surely you start to lose confidence in the competence of the driver. You look up and you're supposed to be going to a city but you only see rural area. You look up from your phone and you miss the exit and you start to look like, there goes my meeting. You're late now and you're thinking to yourself, hold on, where is this person taking us? It's a detour from the normal route that you're taking and you start to lose confidence. If you're like me, a little bit more aggressive, more assertive on certain things, you're probably asking questions now. Something like, do you know where you're going? Uh, if you're more a little bit more passive, you're probably asking roundabout questions like, uh, how long have you been driving? Or do you know this city? You've probably been there. I know I've been there. And if the ride keeps going and the, uh, the uh, area is a little bit more unfamiliar territory to me, now not only do I lose confidence in the driver's competence, but I'm just losing confidence in the driver, period. I watch too many CSI shows. I'm gonna be honest with you. I get a little bit more paranoia. And so now I'm checking my app, right? I'm making sure that Matthew that I see on here, the picture is the same person that's in the front, right? I'm making sure that my Google Maps is lining up with his Google Maps. And I'm, if I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm probably reaching for the door right now, maybe rolling down the window, making sure I have an escape plan. Why? Because when we don't have confidence in the direction we're going, we lose confidence in the driver. And the worst that could happen if the driver is a you know, Lyft or Uber is you're late to a meeting or you miss that birthday party. What happens though when that driver is Jesus? What happens when we put our hope and our trust and we decide to let him lead and guide us in everything that he takes us into is unfamiliar territory. It's not where we wanna be. It's not what we signed up for. Well, that's the question I wanna explore with you today. And I believe there's some answers and some principles that we can get to but you gotta hold on because I'm the Uber driver for this morning and I believe there's some more things I wanna send your way to bless your morning before we get into that. There's a song that I came across called Unfinished. No matter who you are, or where you're from, what background you come from, if you don't finish your plans, if your plans don't come to fruition, if things go unaccomplished, sometimes things in life can feel unfinished. And I believe the lyrics speak directly to that. So sit tight. Listen to this song, be joyful, but also let these lyrics speak to you. Let's, let's take a listen to Unfinished. Not scared to say it, I used to be the one preaching it to you that I could overcome. I still believe it, but it ain't easy. Where things were so about It started changing I started having doubts It got me so down But I picked myself back up I started telling 
Hey, Ascent Church, man, we are so glad that you guys decided to join us today. Did you hear those words? He started something good in you, and he's going to complete that work. That's today's message today for you today. You guys, I got to admit, COVID-19, man, it has hit us as a church. It's been so difficult to make the transition. We're trying to, to make the change to online. So much of Ascent is about relationships and and the connection we can have with each other, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with each other. We so love mugs in our hands and hanging in the cafe and worshiping together. And so we're all, we're all in the midst of these changes that's happening right now. We're doing our best as, as, as best as we can in the midst of it. One change, one thing that has not changed one bit in the midst of all of it has been our commitment to the city. Man, we have been, we've talked to Mayor Stoltzman, we've talked to Chief Hayes, we look in this entire region, we want to meet the needs of our schools in the midst of COVID-19. We try in our best to meet all of those needs. You guys, I've got to tell you one of the things that we did. At the beginning of COVID-19, you guys gave a ton of money to help specifically with needs in our local community. And we met as a missions team and we came up with this with a plan to meet lots of different stuff. But a big one was this, you guys. A couple of weeks ago, we wrote a check for over $20,000 that we wrote to the city of Louisville and the public works department because here's what we're doing. We are paying four months of water bills for 100 families in our community, in a low-income housing community here in Louisville, four months, 100 families. Did you catch that? Four months, 100 families we are getting to bless because of the gifts that you guys gave, four months of water bills. It's just hoping that we hope we're taking some of the weight off of those folks that are that are carrying that right now and maybe just a little bit can help that way you guys every dollar that you guys give we talk about it every week the need to continue to give and every dollar that you guys give is is we want to be good stewards of to bless our community we know that when you give that's a big deal that's a sacrifice it's an act of worship we know that and so we want to be great stewards of it and bless our city with it and bless our world with it so you guys keep giving and we'll keep looking for the need and finding those needs that need together all right let's keep worshiping god together man i'm gonna give it back to becky and we're gonna sing a song and then mo's gonna preach for us Well, before we go any further in our service together, we want to invite you to take a moment. And what we're going to do is recognize that God is here. And we know that God wants to move and speak to us today. So Tyler is going to lead us in just a little bit of a song that that many of us know and love. But the song is saying, God, I need you. I need you. Every hour, I need you. So what we're doing in the song is we're pausing and we're saying, God, meet me here. Speak to me today. So would you join us? Lord, I call, I confess, I'm bowing in, I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart, you're the I need you 
Hey, we filmed this service uh, before all of the events happened in the tragic death of George Floyd. And it has, it has broken us. It is, um, um, we are saddened by it. We're frustrated by it. We've shared a lot on social media around it uh, as a church, just knowing that we need to root out racism and, and we, are de we, we wanna be determined as a church to help lead the charge in that. So please uh, uh, look on our Facebook page for a video that I did a week or two ago and then Jim uh, just recently posted on just a phenomenal biblical perspective on race and racism and what we need to do as a church. But for today in this service, Will you just join me in praying for George Floyd's family? Uh, with all of this going on and all of our, of our desire to see racism rooted out, um, let's not forget George Floyd's family, his immediate family and the pain they're going through. So let's, let's pray together before uh, Mo starts to preach. Father, we uh, sometimes don't have words to say because things seem so much bigger than us. And, um, and sometimes it feels like, what in the world can we do individually um, that could possibly help? But right now, Lord, we just pray. You ask us to pray and to speak what's on our hearts. And so we speak what's on our hearts and what's on our hearts is a, is a desire for justice. What's on our hearts is a desire for peace. Uh, what's on our hearts is that the, the riots would turn to peaceful protest. Uh, what's on our hearts is that our politicians would hear it and that change would be made. But what's on our hearts more than anything is George Floyd's family and the pain that they're going through today. And we pray, Lord, for that family. And we pray that they would feel and know you and your presence. God, we pray that you would give them a peace that is beyond any of our understanding in the heart of all of this. God, we thank you that you that your hand is, 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 is on that family, and we pray that you would meet them in a, in a way that only you can in the midst of this tragedy, in the midst of this, uh, of this pain. We pray that you would meet their family in the midst of it. It's in your name we pray, amen. Keep praying for their family, you guys. Um, let's hand it over to, to Mo now. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. At some point, I think we've all asked the question, does God have a plan for me? It doesn't matter what background you have, what faith you come from. To some extent, we've asked the question, is there some sort of destiny with my name on it? Some sort of fate that I'm living into? I remember like yesterday, it was the year 2011. 
I graduated high school in 2009 and 2011 was the year that it was an amazing year because I committed myself for two years to go to a junior college and make my way to a division one college so that I could play football. So for two years straight, I committed myself. I did great on the field and off the field. Academically, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. Checked all the boxes and everything lined up the way that I wanted it to. It was December and the coach called me into his office, sat me down, handed me a letter, and I got a full ride scholarship to Eastern Michigan. Everything I wanted, everything I longed for, it was exactly the way that I played it out. It was exactly to the T, the plans that I had, and I longed for this moment. I remember holding that letter and it was exactly the moment that I also remember wrestling. Because in those same two years, was actually the same two years I decided to give Jesus a shot. And if you follow God for some long time now, you recognize and you know that Jesus has a way of tinkering with the plans that you thought you were going to live into, the agenda that you thought you were going to have. So I'm sitting here with this letter and I told the coach, let me sit on it, let me pray on it. He's looking at me like, pray on what? This is exactly what you wanted. So I took some time, I took a few days, and in those few days, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't, it was restless, I could not shake this feeling of being unsettled. I thought to myself, I don't know, maybe just maybe this is not what God has for me. I took this wild shot and I bargained with God and I said, all right, God, I'm gonna turn this down. I ended up turning down the scholarship and a few months later, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna live all out. And I made a bargain with God as if that's how it works, but that's what I thought at the time. God, if I'm turning this down, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to give me some kickback. I need you to lean in my direction as it relates to blessing, as it relates to open doors, uh, because I just did this for you. Long story short, a few months go by and uh, there goes my relationship with the girlfriend that I had at the time. There goes college because I no longer can afford college and now I can't even get the theology degree that I wanted. I'm sitting here and I'm working at Nike full time. I'm good at it, but it's not where I want to be. I get off work from Nike and then I move into this other place, into this place where I'm starting to wrestle because I get off from work and then I'm going to this church that they can't pay me at the time. So I'm doing full time work and I'm getting paid. I mean, not paid anything at all. You've probably been there. My life was very dismal. Not what I wanted, not what I was bargaining for. That's not what I signed up for. And I was at this moment where I thought to myself, my plans are very different than God's plans. You might have been there before. You might have wrestled with this same thought that my plans are nowhere near God's plans. And what do you do with that? Because if I'm honest, the kind of conversation that I was having with God was in my plans, I'm way further than this. In my plans, I'm married by now. In my plans, I have X amount of kids. In my plans, I have this amount of money. I have this degree. In my plans, this is where I'm supposed to be. You've probably been there before. In your plans, you see yourself way further. And Instagram doesn't help because you see people making more strides than you. And it feels like you're going backwards, but aren't you the one that sacrificed? Aren't you the one that said, God, I'm gonna live for you? Where is the life that you imagined? Where are the plans that you thought were gonna take place. 
I think God has a way about himself where he knows and he understands that we get so caught up and so orienting our lives around plans that we miss out on what he has for us. And he has a way of putting his hand of grace on our lives and letting us know, I don't care if you're frustrated. It doesn't matter what's taking place in your life. I love you enough to cause your plans to be shaken up, to cause your plans to be thrown out the window. And in this moment, I believe we find ourselves the same place as the children of Israel. I'm supposed to be further. I'm supposed to be down the road. And the children of Israel are leaving Egypt and they find themselves at this moment right before the promised land. Let me give you a little context here. The children of Israel are a group of people that God said, I'm going to come through this group of people to show my love and my mercy for humanity. He comes through the marginalized, the poor, and he says, I want to show my love to them. And he does so. You may not have heard the story of Moses, right? Moses sits there and he sends and he sends to himself and he says, let my people go. So this in this moment, the children of Israel are leaving from Egypt. They no longer are in bondage and torture and oppression anymore. They were enslaved, but not anymore. But they aren't quite where they want to be because they're on their way to the promised land. They're on the way to that place that they've longed for and they prayed for, and God is with them. But in this moment, the scripture that we just read, it lets us know that God made a decision. And I gotta pause for a second because I'm so glad that God decide, decided to make a decision. Without me knowing, without my understanding, he made a decision for me, but it was for my best interest. And he makes this decision and he says, if they keep going, the direction they're supposed to go. It's quicker, it's easier, it's what they want, it's what they've longed for, it's their heart's desire. But if they go this direction, they'll face adversity and turn back to Egypt. So here's the deal. I believe we can answer the question that what God, what is, what is the plan that God has for all of us? I'm gonna get to that, but I think there's something even more important. What does God know about us that he would say, this is not the route that you should go. There's a short route, there's a long route. There's my route, there's God's route. There's what I want and there's what God has for me. And he decides that the longest route is the best route. Because I believe what God knows and what he leans into in this moment is that he understands that I'd rather you be frustrated on the long route than to be happy on the short route. Because happiness is temporal, but your eternal joy, what your soul actually longs for is going to be with me. So there's going to be some frustrations. There's going to be some heartache. There's going to be some difficulty on the long route. But what God knows is that we would turn back to Egypt if we went the direction that we wanted to. That's powerful. What is it in us that would go back to slavery? What in the world has to take place where we would turn back to oppression? This is where the children of Israel are. They're in this moment and God says they would actually go back to torture if they go the route that they want to go in. They're in this place where they've been in a place so long and they've been enslaved for so long that dysfunction has become the normative. They're in a place that toxicity has become the actual norm for them. And they would actually decide to go back to Egypt because that's what they know. That's what they understand. That's what they have a familiarity around. What I believe God gets at in all of this is that our heart has some formational things, some formational problems. It's some things with our heart that we have to fix. It's some things with our hearts 
that God has to grind out. He understands that although we might have left Egypt, there's some still some Egypt in us. There's some urban colloquial that goes, you can take the brother out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the brother. That's essentially what's happening here, because there's something that's happening in the heart of the children of Israel that God is saying it's not quite ready. And he has to do some churning. He has to take Egypt out of us so that we can prepare for what he wants for us. And if we're honest with ourselves, there's an Egypt lurking at the heels of all of us. I'm 10 years plus in this, in this walk with God, following after Jesus, and there's still some Egypt that God is churning out of me. There's some Egypt that God is chiseling away, and he understands that you may be frustrated, but as long as I am getting your heart in the matter, as long as I understand, the Bible says that uh, the heart of the king is in God's hand, and he'll turn it whichever way he wants to. That lets us know that ultimately he has control. And if our heart is not aimed towards him, he'll take control of your plans. He'll take over your agenda. He'll take over all the things that you plan for. And he'll start to turn that heart towards him. In the midst of that, we face some difficulty. Because this road, this life was not always planned for us to face comfort. But there's a bigger goal. There's a bigger agenda at work that God is in and he has his hand in the midst of all of it. So what am I getting at here as it relates to our heart and God continuing to shape our heart more and more? I wrote down some things that I want to share with you because I believe in anything that we have as it relates to our heart. God knows if I get something prematurely, it's not destiny, it's destruction. If you ever receive something prematurely, it's not destiny, it's destruction. There's a reason that there's an age limit to a person that can drive. There's a reason that we don't give 10 year olds and a bank account with a million dollars in it. There's a reason because in the most formidable years of someone's life, you do not want to interrupt with something prematurely. Although they maybe bring you happiness, although it may check the box on your timeline of what you want and what you desire, God knows that something prematurely will only bring destruction. So he grabs the heart of the children of Israel in this moment. And although you're wondering, does God have a plan for me? I think one of the bigger questions is, does God have my heart in this season? Does God have my heart, my heart in these moments where I'm making decisions and I'm making life choices? Does God have my heart? And if we're honest with ourselves, it's probably a question or an answer that we realize probably doesn't. And in this moment, it's a choice of surrenderance. It's a choice of letting God take control. This children of Israel is faced with this. And when this moment, it's a quote that I came across actually as I was doing some studying. And it's this quote that simply says that God made humanity in his image and humanity decided to return the favor. What does that mean? How powerful is that? Well, let me tell you. We are made in God's image, but sometimes we try to form God and shape God into the image that we want him to be. That's the heart. That's sometimes the life and, and fullness flows out of the heart, but it's also inclined to evil. It's also inclined to my agenda, to my purpose, to me going to Eastern Michigan on my full ride scholarship, to me doing the things that I want to do in ministry. Lord, where's your kickback? Where's your favor on my life? The heart is one that has to be molded and shaped. There's a song that I want to lean into. 
is simply called Rebel Heart. How befitting for a topic like this. Because I believe when we do not go do the inventory on our heart, when we do not check the heart that we have inside of us and we do not let God shape it and we let our plans shape our heart, our heart begins to rebel. And there's a rebellion that takes place in every single one of us. So would you do me a favor? Because I believe one of the greatest ways to transform our heart is to worship. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, Maurice, you talked about the heart a few weeks ago. I did. I'm on a heart kick right now because I believe it's so powerful and it impacts our lives. And so does worship. And I believe worship is something that can start to turn that rebel heart back to God. So in this moment, let's worship together.
I believe it's when we address our rebel hearts and surrender our rebel hearts to God in a place and a posture of worship that then we can ask the question, does God have a plan for me? I have plans, you have plans. There's nothing wrong with plans. But I believe so often we can become people who are so oriented around plans that God actually offers something far greater far bigger than any plan that we can come up with, anything, any checklist that we can go after. God actually offers something far bigger than that. Because in the world that we live in, isn't it true that we are sometimes bound to that calendar? We're sometimes bound to our you know, Google calendar or our agenda or you know, whatever we write out, our planners. And we, sometimes we become more of a human doing than a human being. And I believe what God wants to get at in all of this is what are you actually becoming? Not so much what are you doing? And when we wrestle with this, we see time and time again that he offers us something so powerful. So what is that? What is that powerful thing? But we have plans, but I believe Paul, this guy who also had plans, put it in the most perfect way that I can put it. He says this in the book of Romans chapter eight, verse 28. He says, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. You have a plan, but God has a purpose. He works things according to his purpose. See, it was all about the purpose of God. And we want to be people that are driven by purpose, but God has a purpose. And we are people who have plans, but he offers us something so much more powerful, so much more impactful. And he says, according to my purpose, not according to your trip to Cabo, not according to the college that you wanted to get into, not according to the marriage that you thought you were going to have, not according to the amount of kids that you thought you were going to have, not according to the grades that you longed for, according to God's purpose. And there's something that we can rest in. There's something beautiful about God having a purpose that far outweighs our plans. Let me ask you this. At the end of your life, do you want to be somebody who was known a full of plans? You lived a life full of plans. Applaud to you. Congratulations. You had a life full of plans. Every calendar you bought, every year you bought something new, it was filled to capacity. You were able to check off the plans list. You lived a life full of plans. Or do you want to get to the end of your life? And you can look back and say, I lived a life full of purpose. You see how different that is? You see how more powerful, how much more weight purpose holds? 
And God has always been about purpose. And so what is that purpose? Well, he finishes it up in verse 29. Paul addresses all of it. And he says in verse 29, for those God knew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, conformed to the image of Jesus. This is what it's always been about, God's purpose. God's purpose is so powerful and his purpose was you. He came and died on a cross for you, but so that you can live for him. God died for you. That was his big purpose so that you could live for him. It was always about us being conformed to the image of Jesus. I said it earlier. It's not so much what we're doing. Who are we becoming? And if that answer is Jesus, that is God's purpose for our lives because he gets the glory out of that. When we shape our lives and we live like Jesus, we are conforming our lives, not to a plan, but to God's purpose. And then when we shape our lives into God's purpose, it's actually this idea of forging into God's image, into the image of the son. When I first came across this word forging, I thought it was actually a, a negative thing. But then I started looking up blacksmiths and they actually use this term forging as forging metal. And there's an entire process that they use. They'll take scrap metal. And as they take this scrap metal, what we thought would be something, they take this scrap metal and they actually put it in hot fire. They put it in hot fire and it's burning up into this furnace and they bring it out and they begin to hammer it and they begin to hammer it and they're forging metal and they forge it and they begin to shape it and mold it. And they're starting to knock off things and chisel off the old and they're beginning to shape it more and more into something else. And then they start to burn it a little bit more. They dip it in water to cool it off just a little bit. Then they take it out and they burn it some more. And then they take a, a saw and they're starting to saw it down more and more. And what happens? is that they're forging this metal to become something beautiful, to become a table, to become uh, something that's awesome, to become all these things because the metal didn't have purpose before that. But the metal in the hands of the right person became purposeful. Our lives, our hearts, our plans in the hands of the right person becomes purposeful. Will you be a person? Will we be people who live into God's purpose and not so much shaped by our plans? There's something beautiful about all of this and God's purpose is for every single one of us. Does he have a plan for you? Maybe. Does he have a purpose for you? Yes. And that's to live more and more like his son. There's something about this that we live into and there's a song that I want us to sing. I want us to end on a high note. I thought about how the service was going to go. I actually want to sing a song together that we can end on a high note. And it simply says, God is not finished with you. That's right. I know you may be in a place where you thought you messed up the plan, where you thought you messed up and there's no way that God could use a life like yours. But let me tell you, let me encourage you. Let me let you know that God's purpose has never failed. It's never stopped. And he is not finished with you yet. Listen to these words. Let them be sung over you. And I'm going to be back to pray. And we're done. Standing in your ruins feels a lot like the end. So used to losing. 
you're afraid to try again. Right now, all you see are ashes where there was a flame. Truth is that you're not forgotten, 'cause Grace knows your name. God's not done with you, even with your broken heart and your wounds and your scars. You're standing in the dark, and there's a strength that's growing inside your shattered heart. God's not done with you yet. It doesn't matter what your life looks like up until this point. God still has a purpose. That's going to be my prayer for every single one of us. Would you consider turning your rebel heart towards God, all of us, and our rebel hearts towards God, and leaning into obeying His purpose to submit and say your purpose is far better than my plan. That's what it's all about. To live more and more like Jesus, because isn't that what He did? He didn't come with a life full of plans. He didn't come with a life that was just full of bliss and comfort. He lived a life that took the long way, but because he submitted himself, because he was humble enough, he lived into God's purpose, and that's exactly what he desires for us. Because he ultimately gets the glory. God, let us all 
take away and walk from this moment knowing that you are not finished with our lives. There is still more purpose. There is still more things that you desire to work in us and to work out of us and let us be people who submit our rebel hearts to you and say yes to not only your plans, but to your purpose. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, you guys, we're so thankful that you guys joined us today for worship. And man, let that sink in. God is at work and he's doing something in you and it's not completed yet and he's going to carry it on to completion. We love that. Let that sit with you this week. And next week, come back, you guys. Do you ever feel like you're right on edge? You don't know why you're about to erupt, but you are with your kids or your, your spouse or your roommate or whatever. And you're going, what is wrong with me? We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. I think God's got something to say to us about it. So join us next week for worship. In the meantime, man, stay connected to each other. Uh, stay connected to Jesus, and let's keep meeting the needs. See you next week.